0: You're listening to the Truth in Boots podcast. Join me as we search the Bible for truth about our God, for hope to encourage us through hard trials and struggles, and for answers for anyone who questions our faith. The truth of God's Word is not fragile, impractical, and only used on special occasions like a pair of stiletto heels. God's Word, like a pair of sturdy boots, is meant to be put to work daily and is designed to protect us and help us through the mud, streams, and rocks of life. Welcome back to another episode of Truth in Boots. We are continuing the series on the reliability of the Bible today. And this is probably one of my favorite topics of the series evidence from archaeology. Non believers love to tout archaeology as reliable evidence that the Bible is full of errors. So the uninformed Christian just might start to question her own faith when confronted with their quote unquote evidence. After all, there is real solid proof in the ancient dirt, so the archaeologists um, just can't be argued with, right? Actually, many times their proof is the absence of something in the dirt, so they just haven't really dug in the correct foot of the 196 point nine million square miles on the earth yet Um, i have to chuckle each time they make a new discovery that has them flabbergasted that the bible actually had it right in the first place Um, and i'll give you an example of that in the podcast as we get into it but in other cases archaeologists have misunderstood what they have discovered because they have started with erroneous information and um, suppositions in the first place So I'd like to share with you three examples of how archaeology actually does support the Bible's account of history. Now, archaeology is constantly finding new things, so maybe by the time you listen to this, there is yet another area that they've discovered. So I challenge you, go out there and learn more on this topic yourself. Um, Look at the resources I have on the resource page in this episode. And that's Um, And just keep your eyes out for other things. Because a lot of times what happens in both science and archaeology is if anything actually comes out, oh, we were wrong before, this actually does agree with the Bible. Um, secular scientists and archaeologists like to hush that over, um, particularly with the missing links. I, I know I'm off topic, but with science, all these discovery that they thought were missing links they've actually backtracked and said oh that was fraudulent or oh no we found more of it so it's not a missing link it's actually this animal which is closely related to this animal we have today so it's not a missing link um or an archaeology oh yeah (laughs) they actually did exist or whoa it actually happened like the bible said We don't hear about that in the news. We just hear the other stuff. So go dig for yourself if this is a topic you're interested in. Um, So first, the example I'd like to start out with of they thought the Bible was making up a huge fabrication for decades or hundreds of years. I'm not exactly sure when they started saying the Bible was wrong, but it was the Hittites. Um, there's several references to the Hittites as a people group in the conquering of the promised land and then dealing with, um, the enemies of Israel in the battles. But in second Kings two, second Kings seven verse six, the Bible says for the Lord has caused the army of the Syrians to hear the noise of chariots and the noise of horses the noise of a great army. So they said to one another, look, the king of Israel has hired against us the kings of the Hittites and of the kings of the Egyptians to attack us. So the Syrians fled and left and it was all because of this noise that the, um, God caused them to hear. And so Israel was saved. But Archaeologist for years said, haha, the Hittites on the same level as the Egyptians scared away the Syrians? No way. That does not happen. The Hittites, we have no evidence for them in the archaeological record. So if they existed at all, they were like this small little clan here in this cubby area in, in the hills. They weren't a formidable army equivalent to the Egyptians. Well, um, they had it wrong. And even the Ancient History Encyclopedia, if you go online and look it up, the Ancient History Encyclopedia, they admit that nothing was really known about the Hittites except for the Bible's account until the late 1800s. And that is when they actually started digging in the area of Turkey and discovered that there is extensive evidence that the Hittites existed and that they were a formidable force. Um, And there is a ton of information about the history and the battles and everything they were involved in. So just go out there and look for yourself of everything we've discovered in the last hundred years about the Hittites. And that was one thing in the Bible that used to be said. <laughs> you got to be kidding me. They, the Bible is making this up. It's a, it's a complete fib. So there's one example. Um, one of the biggest things right now that secular archaeologists love to use as proof that the Bible isn't real is um, Egypt. Egypt's chronology, and then the Exodus. They claim the Bible's account didn't happen because they're looking for the evidence in the wrong spot. Now, there's a um, leading Jewish archaeologist, Dr. Raul. I hope I pronounced that right. But he wrote a book. Go out there and and you can look it up. He is suggesting that the current Egypt timeline is completely wrong. Um, It's based on an Egyptian dating tool called the Sothic Cycle, which is a time period of 1,460 years between the, quote, rising of Sothis, but no one really knows what star Sothis is. And it's kind of this vague, obscure foundation on how you date everything. And this reference, if I remember incorrectly, is a, a bunch of um, dynasties that they plug into the reference to the Sothis cycle. And there were three, maybe four dates I have to go back and check the research, Um, that the person who originally came up with, Myers, had pinned down as, as, okay, these are actually solid dates. Now we're going to plug all the dynasties in. Well, there were a couple problems with that, because now many archaeologists agree that, okay, most, if not all of these dates I think there's one that they're still heavily relying upon, but at least two or three of the four, um, they say, okay, yeah, that wasn't really accurate. We need to fudge the date a little bit because of other findings we have. Um, And so they are moving the Egyptian timeline, kind of updating it to their needs, but they're not ready to completely get rid of that dating system because they believe it's based on hard astronomical um, dating methods. But the reality is we're not exactly sure what the Egyptians were referring to when they were talking about the Sothis cycles. So we're guessing on their observations um, and it may not be as reliable as originally thought. The other problem with that um, dating method is We do know dynasties in Egypt did coexist, like the northern part and then the southern part. And in some cases, there may have been even three or four dynasties all at the same time. So we have three or four different kings in Egypt. Um, But there is disagreement on how many of those dynasties or kings actually ruled at the same time. So that's another uh, problem with the dating method. And there are other more technical issues, but if you're interested in learning more about the problems with the Egypt dating timeline, I highly recommend you go online and spend three bucks to rent a documentary. Um, There is this very well done documentary called Patterns of Evidence, The Exodus. You can rent it from you know, Amazon from any streaming service that rents videos online, basically just just go search it. And um, it is done by a Christian who himself was having a crisis of faith. um, Because all of these archaeologists he was interviewing for this one project, kept saying, no, the Bible's account is wrong. Well, he spent years researching this. And this is the results. And It's actually pretty astounding that when you find the appropriate timeline and actually use the Bible's timeline and fit Egypt into the Bible's timeline, you find all the evidence in Egypt you could want that the Israelites were actually there and the Exodus happened. You have a tomb for Joseph. Um, You have pharaohs that agree with with the biblical account. And you do have the Exodus documented. The sudden destruction of Pharaoh's army, which allowed for the invasion of the Hyksos. So highly recommend it. Go check it out. Patterns of Evidence, the Exodus. And that's also in the show notes if you want to go see the actual website for yourself. Now, the final thing I want to give you as an example and... I have so many fun details here, so (laughs) bear with me as I get a bit nerdy. Jericho. That's another big one that archaeologists love to throw into our face. Ha! Jericho's destruction as listed in the Bible didn't actually happen. The Bible's account is completely wrong. Well, there have been a handful of digs over um, the 1900s some of them more prominent than others and most of those digs came to the conclusion that the Bible's account is false because they believe Jericho was destroyed earlier than the biblical exodus. That is the foundation for why they're saying the Bible's account is false because the timeline does not agree and they get their timeline partially from Egypt so some of them dated to um, corresponding finds in Egypt so if Egypt's timeline then is wrong then of course Jericho is wrong but there's not just Egypt's timeline here that we're dealing with um, and when the evidence is re-examined we have some really fun finds and I don't know if you can hear the excitement in my voice but I'm just so excited to share these details with you okay so Kathleen Kenyon, Kenyon did an excavation in the 50s Um, She was asked to verify findings from another guy and her um, information came to the conclusion that yes, um, the Bible's timing is completely wrong. Jericho was destroyed a thousand years before the Bible said it was. But the evidence from her digs was actually not available until 30 years later in the 1980s. It was um, not published until then. So she had no peer review of her findings. Um, and a significant part of her dating was actually based on the lack of evidence and not the actual evidence that was there. So she was looking for an imported pottery. Archaeologists, as I believe, mostly date their digs. Um, based on the pottery they find. So they studied the pottery and then determine. okay, we know that this pottery was done in this time period. So this site that we're digging must be from this time period. So she's looking for an import of pottery and it's um, not found in her two dig sites that she did. Now she's comparing two dig sites of um, other Um, cities in the area and those sites had this imported pottery but jericho did not um so dr wood who is a christian archaeologist he did his thesis on bronze age pottery um before her evidence was out and then when it came out in the 80s he decided to evaluate it and he found several problems with it Apparently, her dig sites were in the lower city. So Jericho had two walls. There was an inner wall and an upper city and then a lower wall. And then there was city in between those two walls. So she did her digs in the part of the city between those two walls, um, which other archaeologists archeolo- ar- have shown actually to be the poorest section of the city. So if you're looking for an expensive imported pottery in the poorer section of the city, it's no wonder she didn't find any because they can't afford that imported stuff. They're going to be buying from the local potter down the street. Um, secondly, unlike these other digs Kenyon was comparing to, Jericho was not on a major trade route. So the likelihood of her finding this imported pottery was significantly less. So it makes sense that she didn't find any in this poor section of Jericho. Um, She did completely ignore the abundance of the local pottery, which did end up dating to the Bible's timeline for the destruction of Jericho. So she was looking for evidence that wasn't there and used that for her dating and then she ignored the extensive pottery that did say yes jericho dates to the bible's timeline so there's the first thing on why the bible's account is true if you look at the reevaluate the evidence the timeline does actually work secondly let's look at the walls they uncovered because jericho's walls are actually famous right there were two walls that they discovered on a slope with a lower city in between, these walls were fairly big. They were tall, they were wide. And the evidence they saw was that the outer wall, you know, the poorer poorer section of the city, it had houses built against it. And that is just like what the Bible says in Joshua 2.15. This is where we're talking about Rahab and the spies. And Rahab hid the spies and then she let them down by a rope through the window for her house was built into the city wall so that she lived in the wall. She was able to let the spies down because her house lived in the, her house was in the city wall, just like the archaeologist archeolo- found. Second, the walls collapsed like they would from an earthquake not from being torn down by man. Um, the, all the archaeologists are convinced that it was an earthquake that destroyed the walls because um, of how they tumbled. And how did they tumble? They fell outward. They collapsed so that it was kind of like a ramp up into the city. And if you look at Joshua 6.20, the Bible says, so the people shouted and the trumpets were blown. As soon as the people heard the sound of the trumpet, the people shouted a great shout and the wall fell down flat. So the people went up into the city, every man straight before him. The Bible says the Israelites, when the wall finally fell down, they went up up into the city because the wall fell down flat kind of like a ramp exactly what was found at the dig sites um next one section of the northern wall of jericho it has been found that section did not fall joshua 6 20, 25 But Rahab, the prostitute, and her father's household, and all who belonged to her, her, Joshua saved alive. And she had lived in Israel to this day because she hid the messengers from whom Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. The spies told her, hang this scarlet cord into your window, and she lives in the wall. But her house did not fall down. God saved her alive because she helped the spies, and that is why her house was left standing, just like the evidence says. Okay, bushels of grain. Let's move on to them. So we've discussed that the timeline does actually fit, that the evidence for the walls perfectly matches what the Bible says, and then we have these bushels of grain found. There were several bushels found, Now, this indicates that the city was destroyed right after the harvest, because if it was any other time of year, there would not be as much of abundance of grain. Additionally, this is um, contrary to the Egyptian warfare tactics. Secular archaeologists believe that the Egyptians possibly could have been the ones to... um, destroy Jericho but Egyptian warfare tactics were they would attack just before the harvest so that they can go themselves into the fields and feed their armies before the cities have had a chance to get supplies from their fields additionally that meant there was less grain in the city so they could not sustain a large and long siege And that's the second thing here. So it's right after the harvest. It indicates that this attack, this destruction of the city, had to have been from a short siege because the city people would surely have eaten through the reserves of grain during the siege. Um, So let me stop there. It's right after the harvest, Joshua 3, 15, and as soon as those bearing the ark had come as far as the Jordan, so this is what they're doing right before Jericho. Um, they're crossing the Jordan. The feet of the priests dipped into the water, and th- now the Jordan overflowed all its banks throughout the time of harvest. So the Jordan River is really big because it's harvest time in the land. Now, if you look again at 511... Um, the Bible says, and the day after Passover on that very day, they ate the produce of the land, unleavened cakes and parched grain. Um, so Passover was springtime. It was at just before harvest. So the Bible says that the Israelites were coming into the land and Jericho was the first city they attacked. They were coming into the land right at the time of harvest. Secondly, In Joshua 6 verses 3 through 4, we see it was a short siege. God says, you shall march around the city, all the men of war going around the city once. Thus you shall do for six days. And on the seventh day, you shall march around the city seven times. So it was right after the harvest, just like the Bible says. It was a short siege. They didn't eat up all the grain supplies, just like the Bible says. And third. The grain is still there. Normally, when a city is conquered, it's plundered. So they take all the gold, or the, all the garments, all the livestock, and all the food to feed themselves. But this grain, which could be bartered, it was valuable like that, it could be eaten, um, it was left there and destroyed just like the Bible says, Joshua six, seventeen and 18, and the city and all that is within it shall be devoted to the Lord for destruction. Only Rahab the prostitute and all who are with her in the house shall live because she hid the messengers whom we sent. But you keep yourselves from the things devoted to destruction, lest when you have devoted them, You take any of the devoted things and make the camp of Israel a thing for destruction and bring trouble upon it. God said, don't touch anything. I want everything in Jericho destroyed. So they did. They didn't take the grain, unlike a normal army would have. And then finally, there's evidence that both this grain and the city was burned with fire as God said. It should be devoted to destruction. So the entire city and all that was in it was burnt. Never let someone tell you that the Bible's account is false. All of this information was there in Kathleen Kenyon's report. Her conclusion that um, the Bible was wrong was only based on dating all this other evidence she was seeing, as well as the other archaeologists, agree with what the Bible said, but they decided not to make that the main focus of their findings. The Bible is true. Someday archaeology will actually catch up and they'll finally dig in the right spot and find Solomon's mines. That's another one. They doubted Solomon's mines for years and they finally found copper mines in Edom under the rule of Solomon. So keep your faith, sit tight and wait, let them dig, and chuckle with me every time you see them say, oh, I guess we were wrong. The Bible is actually true.